MacDonald on the pipes there. The song's called Lavender Covered Hillside. Or maybe it's the same song I've been playing for the past seven years I've been working here at Bagpipes when a 2.5. Playing the same song every single time but telling you it's a different artist and a different title. And not one of you's noticed I've been playing the same song for the past seven years. You failed the test. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Manscaped. Hi, I was wondering if you have anything to um, shave my... uh Oh, gosh, I don't want to say this to a stranger. My you can hand. say it. This is my job. Just say it. My junk. My sorry. Yeah. My nether yeah. regions. My I'm pubes. Not a, like you, you think I'm embarrassed to hear that? Do you think if I worked in a porn store, you should sulk in there and be like, oh, I don't want to say the P word. I'm right. I'm working there. That's my gig, dude. Do, do you work at a porn store? No, I work for Manscaped. So you can come in here and talk to me about your wanting to shave your junk. Okay. Do you I don't like- mind. I'm not judging you. Okay, you're you seem angry with me. I'm not angry. I like what I do. You know why? Okay. Why? Because I'm spreading cheer. You know how I'm spreading cheer? How? By helping people dehair their crotches and nostrils and ears. Wait a minute. You're telling me you don't just do crotches, you do other areas where men grow hair? Yeah, we've got tools for that too, Jack. How the heck do you know my name? Caller ID. Hmm, that seems suspicious. Nope, says right here, Jack, calling. Now, hold on just a second, because I'm calling from my mother's house. How do you know? What does Manscaped know about me? We know a lot, Jack. We subscribe to all of the various technological tools that allow us to track uh, potential customers. And we know that you are a potential customer, Jack. My goodness. So, so you've you know been why, waiting Jack? for me to call. Why? I know why. Because we've been reading your wife's emails. Oh, geez. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What has she... I told her to keep this between us. What What has she been saying in her emails? She has a BFF. Her name is Gwyneth. Yeah, I know she's Gwen. Been, she's been emailing Gwen and saying, I can't deal with this anymore, this horrible forest. He wonders why I don't want to, quote unquote, do it. Well, yeah, it's because her. of that nasty forest, she says in her emails. Oh, I mean, definitely a lot of this sounds exactly like Betsy. I'll say that. Well, she said if only Jack would just succumb and use the the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, then he what? could trim that place and make it look nice. And then I'd want to spend time there. Now, oh, hold, hold on just a second. Yes. Earlier, you said that she had emailed you. But you said a second ago that you were reading through her emails. Are you spying on, is Manscaped spying on my family? I've told you, we use all the technological tools available to us. And thank you to a cooperation with Google and Bing and a variety of other companies, uh, Facebook. We have built a personality profile and we know exactly the customers we want to target. Oh my gosh. We have a personality profile and we have uh, you on the scale of one to 10 of people who really would be good customers for Manscaped. Yeah. You're a 9.8. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen anyone higher than a 9.8? Yes. 
Who? Alec Baldwin. <laughs> now, that's a shame. What happened it is. there? It is terrible. You know what? He didn't pull the trigger. It pulled itself. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't think I don't think I need to go there <laughs> with my with my uh, 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 crotch uh, keepers. I, That's I don't right. Yeah. Thank you. You need a crotch keeping kit from manscaped.com. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. Thanks for calling, Jack. Is that if you use the checkout code QM, yep. you'll get 20% off of your entire order. That's amazing. So, and 20, from what I noticed on the website, yeah, you'll you'll get 20% off your order regardless because of the holiday thing. So there's actually no benefit uh f- for us <laughs> giving the 20% off, but use checkout code QM cuz they track that stuff, Jack. Now, hold on just a darn second. It's almost as if they've built taken 20% off the price. They've built that into the to the pricing to knock it down for podcasts and for holidays. Quite possible, Jack. It's quite possible, but I don't do business. I do podcast. Wait just a minute. I work for Manscaped. What the hell? I, Brian? No. No. Uh, Brian? So Manscaped for Lawnmower 4.0. No, 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 no. I don't want to talk about the lawnmower. Brian, is this you? Yeah. Brian. I, I am, I'm working for Manscaped, Jack. They hired me. Oh, my God. I, I'm so, I, I mean, I, I'm. I'm sorry that it's sort of come to this. Well, I, I wanted to help them out. Um, I, they have a mission and I'm on board with it. I mean, there are two things that are very important to me, Jack. One is not allowing education to fall into the hands of ideologues. And the second thing is making sure that men have properly groomed uh, crotches and nostrils and ears. I mean, I mean, you've always talked about that. Yeah. And, so you, and so you, here, here I am living... Uh, here I am helping out. I'm doing my part, Jack, to make sure that this America is an America where people have nicely trimmed uh, pubic areas, Jack. Don't you think that's one of the things the founding fathers wanted more than anything? Well, uh, of course. I mean, it's in the subtext of all their original documents. Exactly. Did you, did you just have a stroke in the middle of that sentence? Yeah, I, when my right eye just turned off. Oh, that's interesting. It's back now. Oh, that's good. Now, hold on just a darn minute. When we signed all the, the paperwork for Manscaped, and it was, what do you reckon that was? I mean, it was, it was like the, uh, the Obamacare bill. It was a, a stack of 319 pages. 319 yes, exactly. pages of contractual obligations. But if you look between 280 and 293, you would see that I will be in the employ of Manscaped for the next 10 years. With an option to renew. See, that's what I was, that's exactly what I was afraid of. I, I, I feel like this isn't just your passion work. I feel like Manscaped now, frankly, owns a piece of you. They do. And there's a lesson here, Jack, in that you just don't sign contracts until you read them. Yep. Knowing that and knowing that if you use the checkout code QM, you'll save 20% off and get free shipping anywhere in the world except the Democratic Republic of Congo. Can I put you down for a Manscaped weed whacker? No, they sent me one for free when we signed up. What about a lawnmower 4.0? It's a great trimmer. This yeah, I got, I got all that stuff. I don't need it. The, the underwear, the t-shirt? Yeah, I, mean, I, I gave it to uh, Toys for Tots. It says your balls will thank you. 
I know. And some kids' balls will thank him on this Christmas morning. That's an eyebrow I, razor, Jack. I'll be honest. Well, it's a good thing there's a Manscaped device to trim those eyebrows. But yeah, there's some kid who's going to open a package from Santa and, and he's going to think that Santa really loves his balls. Well, why don't you head on down to manscaped.com, Jack, and use checkout code QM. Q as in Quebec and M as in Montreal. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. Again, I get all my stuff for free. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Manscaped team. I'm part of the family. I get stuff for free. Part of, part of being in the business. I'm not sure what happened to you. All right. Well, why don't you go read page 293 and see what's up? Can you, can you just, I don't, I don't want to do that. I get Betsy. Oh, oh no. Good, good luck. Hi, Brian. Hi, hi. Uh, hi. How are you? What's new uh, in the Brian verse? Oh, Jackaroo. I went uh, skeet shooting. Okay. Fun. With uh, my friend Barry and another guy, Dave. He's okay. a comedian. Yes, yes. And uh, and we shot clay pigeons. Okay. And uh, it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, I've I've done that once in the desert, and that was it's a lot a, of fun. It's a nice day out. And yeah, you get a golf cart. My two favorite things, shooting and golf carts. Well, that's fun. So, it so is fun. You're in, you're in the desert with guns, a golf cart, and two other men. No desert. That's, oh, it's no desert. Where I'm in the Northeast. There is no right. desert here. Just, skeet does not necessarily mean desert. Okay. So you must have done this. You must. Oh, that's right. You're a city. You're a city boy. So what did you do? Go to Central Park and do it? No. Well, that's highly illegal, as I learned uh, once. And so, mm -hmm. no, you go a few hours uh, outside the city, a couple hours north uh, to a place called the Mid-Hudson Mid Hudson Sporting Clays. Really? Yeah. And you go there and you pick up a shotgun and a bunch of ammo and you run around and you, there's a, it's a big place and you well, just drive from, you drive from station to station. It's like golf. That's but fun. Stuff. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, but some of those traps are real tricky. Uh, I bet. So, so it's so, so, you know, it sounds like a really complex uh, experience. So, you know, what are at these stations? Is it always just clay pigeons or, or, or sometimes do they mix it up? They mix it up because, of course, you know, after like the six or seven station with a clay pigeon, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Clay pigeon, clay pigeon, clay pigeon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, as you progress and they assume you're getting better and better and more comfortable, you know, with the weapon, uh, yeah. then things get more exciting. Oh, that's fun. Like what? Well, because normally you have eight, you have four buttons, A, B, C, D. And when you press those, the little clay pigeon comes out of a various place. And, you know, you got to. So then, you know, you get to hole like 17. Okay. And I press A. Okay. And then next thing I know, this guy leaps out of a bush and starts running. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're, you know, and I'm like, what is that? It turns out it's a fugitive from justice. <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect that first time. So I let him run away. Uh -huh. Oh, which weak. costs 45 cents. Cause each, each trap is 45 cents. Each okay. pigeon. So I knew the next time I'm not going to waste that 45 cents. So I pressed A again. Okay. Out pops this guy from a bush and kablamo <laughs> down. That's cool, man. It was very fun. It was very fun. I, you know, I don't like fugitives. Yeah. I, I, I don't either. Yeah. And now I, there's I, one less fugitive. Yeah. And then they had that whole, you know, propaganda movie about fugitives. 
uh, you know, to make it seem like sometimes they're not guilty or whatever. Uh, with Harrison Ford, I don't remember what it was called, but uh, it was really, really good where he played Dr. Richard Kimball. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of that. Yeah, damned if I can remember the name of it. But but anyway, but I I wasn't fooled. I wasn't fooled with Hollywood trying to sort of soften uh, my stance on fugitives. Is there any chance that that movie movie was called? Was was it called The Fugitive by any chance? I think it was Air Force One. Ah. With Tommy... Lee... Jones. Yeah, that's the one who made the sex tape with Pamela. That's <laughs> right, Anderson. So anyway, yeah. yeah, we really know. So okay, so so on seventeen, you push a button and, and a fugitive. And how do you know it's a fugitive from justice? Uh, because it's he's wearing a correctional outfit. Well, if it was that obvious, uh, the 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 first time, why didn't you shoot that first guy who you just let escape? Because you know, you're, I'm just a little surprised, right? I'm just like, what's going on? It's supposed to be a clay pigeon. And then I look down and it says, you know, it says, uh, no, you know, from this point onward, it gets, it gets interesting. And they put interesting in quotes. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And so, you know, I knew what to expect at that point. And then, so when the next time the guy presses it and, and I see Suffolk County corrections yep. on the back of his thing, I know, okay, this guy's a fugitive from Long Island. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that, so somehow the, Clay uh, shooting range was able to apprehend escaped fugitives, keep them in some sort of underground bunker that yep. uh, shoots them upward. Yeah, uh, when you press a button. Yeah, it's kind of hunger gamey in a way. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. It, it adds a level of excitement uh, that you know I, that was kind of dwindling by the seventeenth station with the clay pigeons. I'm like, oh, more clay pigeons, more clay pigeons. So this was a little different. It was it was kind of fun. Um, my friends were not as into it. Um, Dave does, uh, he, he, he's a comedian. He yep. opened for Jeff Ross recently. Uh, cool. The Carolines. Uh, yeah. He was traumatized. He's, he had never fired a gun before. He thought he was coming along to just have a, a fun day shooting sure. skeet. So I looked over and he, his, he was teared up and, and just kind of in, in a state of shock. Weak. And, um, and so we, you know, I, I put him back into the golf cart. Wait, you, you placed him back in the golf cart? I placed him back in the golf cart and I said, this is a man's world. And then I went back to my station. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think he's he was shattered. He, he was not expecting Skeet to be uh, maybe this, you know, real. Yeah, you know, yeah. To go from clay pigeons to fugitives is a shock to some people. I was able to adapt. Well, of course. Well, that's. That's you because you're a better man. So, yeah. okay. So that's 17 where, you know, where, where things start to get quote interesting. What happened on 18? Well, we go down to 18 and then I want to mix up things. I go A, B, C, D. Yeah. And so I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and they tend to get harder. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I knew that D would probably be the hardest out of the bunch. So I hit D. Uh-huh. Freaking Dion Warwick comes running at me. <laughs> All right. Huh. Is it D for Dionne Warwick or is she exceptionally hard to kill? Uh, she was very hard to kill. She, I, I didn't get her. She, she blew oh. right by me. Yeah. She blew right by me. That lady can move. I'm so, surprised. So the, She's older. She is older. But man, she wow. just comes running. There was a, a pile of wood uh-huh. and then she shoots out from behind the pile of wood shoots the finger at me and then just like dives into a bush. Rude. She flips yeah. you the bird. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my god, I just got. I mean, I said this kind of cool because I like Dionne Warwick, but oh my god, she just flipped me off. Like, what's going on here? So rude. Yeah. Man, so she escaped. She she lives to this day. She lives. Yeah, that's the thing. And you you do your stint. Apparently, so one of the deals you make with the devil to become very famous. Yeah. Is that you have to go to Mid Hudson Sporting Clays, and just just on one occasion, uh, act as a as a clay pigeon. Oh my gosh. And that was her time. And she, she escaped. She, she yeah. beat the devil. So I kind of feel good about it. Cause I, I like her. She's, she's a, you know, I like her songs. And, um, and so I feel like I'm, I'm kind of glad I can go home to the kids and go, Hey kids, I didn't kill Dionne Warwick today. Yay, daddy. We love you. Yeah. They're like, Oh good. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yep. Well, I mean, holy can, what was that? What was 19 like? 19 was, um, well, that was unusual. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so I went over, I pressed 19, uh, hold 19. You, wait, you pressed 19? Well, no, I went over to hold uh, the station 19. Station 19, I, right. That's what I meant to say. I got, I'm tripping all over myself. So I, yeah, I went to station 19. This must have traumatized you because normally you are an excellent broadcaster, right? Clearly something happened here. Yeah, well, it was, it was upsetting. So I, I went up. Station 19, and I didn't want to do D because I didn't want to risk Dion Warwick coming out of the from behind a barrel. And so yeah, no I, that. I did C. C. Okay. So you, so you wanted to challenge yourself, but not, yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, this large poster of my mom comes up from behind a bush and uh-huh. just sticks up out of the ground. And I quickly take aim, and then I realize it's my mommy. Right. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm so torn because, you know, it's, I know it's a poster. It's not my real mommy because she crossed the rainbow bridge, but. Yes, she did. um, I still have a problem with shooting a picture of my mom with a 12 gauge. Right. So I wish you were there. That's the thing. I would have handed you the rifle and then I would have gone and consoled Dave. He's very, still very (laughs) upset about the fugitive. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I've got no issue. Uh, uh, defiling any sort of memory of your mother who I've never been a fan of. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I like you. You know, you're honest. You never met her. Never. She died 30 years before you had the chance to meet her. But <laughs> when you were you very form, young, <laughs> you form strong opinions. You form I really very strong, do. Yeah. I, people, I think people really like that about me. Just very yeah. quickly. I'll make a yeah. very strong opinion. Yeah. That's oh, good. You should, you, you should be on Twitter being just angry at everything. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I would stand out. What an anomaly that would be. It, it gets you followers. It works. Yeah, People like so. that. So, so what happened to the, to the poster of your mom? Mommy. It eventually goes under, back under the bush. So, I mean, do you think someone else, some other, uh, you know, like the next uh, traveling group of guys trying to recapture their youth uh, were uh, shot a picture of your mommy? Actually, no, Dave did. Oh, did he? He grabbed the shotgun out of my hands and he pushed yep. the button and my mom's thing popped up and he just blew that thing away. And then he looked at me and said, how do you like that? Cool. Yeah. How did you like that? I shot him. <laughs> okay. Uh, is there going to be a, is this going to be like a Rittenhouse trial? No, no, it was clearly murder. It was definitely a hundred percent second degree murder. Yeah. You were not, your life was not dangerous. You just got angry. 
Yeah, I was furious. Mm, okay. And, you know, I think he learned a lesson that day. I learned a lesson. Barry <laughs> learned a lesson. We all learned lessons. That's great. What was the lesson um, Dave learned? Uh, that, that, you know, shooting a poster with my mommy uh, gets you dead. <laughs> what was the lesson you learned? Uh, that Barry uh, was very attached to Dave. <laughs> Very sad. God, it's sad. And since Barry got a little coverage in the story to wrap it up, what was Barry's lesson for that day? Uh, Barry's lesson was not to invite me skeet shooting anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, he stopped talking to me. Uh, we we dragged Dave into the woods, <laughs> you know, so he can commune with nature. And then Barry and I got into the golf cart. And he, was, <laughs> he was silent. He did not look at me. He didn't say a word. Uh-huh. And uh, we just, we headed back to the, the field house and, and turned in our, our weapons. And sure. he didn't even say bye to me or anything. He just hopped in his car and drove off. Whew. But he, he helped you cover up the murder. I mean, that's, that says something about the man's character. Yeah. And I've been texting him that. I'm just waiting for any kind of a response. Uh, can I advise you as your, uh, as someone who knows a lawyer to not put that in writing? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because that stuff, that'll come back and haunt you. Oh, yeah. That'll just be right at the trial and it'll be a, like, the jury won't even deliberate. They'll just all look at each other and nod. And that's it. Then you're done. Okay. So you, what you're saying, I think, is that Barry knows too much. I'm definitely saying Barry knows too much at this point. All right. I'm going to invite him skeet shooting next week. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. You know, uh, obviously we're in the midst of Christmas season and yeah. happy Christmas season to you. Happy Christmas season to you. My son's in a play. He's going to play Scrooge. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Um, uh, which uh, son, the older or younger? The younger. Oh, and he, so he's the lead in the uh, school play? He's the lead in the wow. school play. It's the, the Christmas Carol. It's an adaptation of the Christmas Carol. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Uh, w w what does that mean that it's an adaptation? Well, I mean, we're all familiar with the Christmas Carol uh, with the, you know, the Scrooge and the tiny Tim and the crotchet or Cratchit or whatever his name is. And, you know, the, the, the ghosts and the, all that stuff. If, if Cratchit gets a little bit out of control, you can always use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. That's right. But Bob Cratchit is Cratchit. <clears throat> Sorry. Cratchit. I said I got Cratchit on the brain. Yeah, Cratchit, and um, uh, who else? The 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 guy who died, the you know, the old business partner, and the the ghost of Christmas past, present, future. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff, all that stuff. So so none of that stuff's in this adaptation of no. Of yeah, it's an adaptation. They have you know they they kind of take the general idea, okay, and you know they twist a few things, they change a few things by having it be a fifteen year old <laughs> who doesn't love Christmas. Well, you know, my, my son looks very old for his age. I remember that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got, he unfortunately has that disease that accelerates your, your aging process. Yeah. So while he's still just a, a teenage freshman, he looks like he could be managing a hedge fund. With the adaptation of the play, you know, are they, are they changing it around at all? Uh, yeah, they're changing it around. Yeah. They're making a bunch of changes to it. Uh, so the, the original Christmas Carol, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, runs like a little, what do you call it? Like a counting house or something? Yeah, he's, I'd say you know, so. kind of like a CPA of sorts or something. And, yeah. and he's just a very mean, stingy uh, person. 
Mm-hmm. And and this play uh, is a little different. He is uh, he runs a, a Republican think tank. <laughs> so they've gotten a little political. Yeah, it's, uh, see, schools are getting into this stuff now. I, uh, so he yeah. he's the evil Republican. He's an evil Republican. Okay. And, and, you know, and he just, he snickers and he's, uh, you know, he's all the bad things, you know, yep. and, you know, every, in his office, um, you know, there's no, uh, diversity. <laughs> it's just all English people. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, th- that's pointed out by Cratchit. Yep. He's just like, yeah, oh, there's no, you know, it's just a bunch of old, you know, white, white British people in here, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he's just like, wow. Instead of bah humbug, he says uh, BLM is nonsense. <laughs> he just storms around the office screaming that it's uh, you know a Marxist conspiracy. Right. Sure. And uh, and he's have you have you read what they what their their actual mission statement is? Mm-hmm. And he pounds his fists and stuff like that. And 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 you know, uh, Matt. I, I assume Matt Gates is there, but it's actually Matt Gates because there are a bunch of fifteen year old girls there. Yes, that's why Matt Gates is there. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just kind of lingering, and he doesn't really have a role. He just they they've kind of they've adapted another play. It's called King Lear, except it's just L E E R. And he's so he's just sitting on the sidelines, just steering. Uh, yeah, there's a state line over here if you're interested. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene comes in, mm-hmm. uh, and she's wearing a yellow Star of David. <laughs> And she's like, and she just looks around the room and she's like, this is just like Auschwitz. And then she runs off. That's nice. It's a one line cameo. She's, you know, she's busy trolling. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Okay. So, so this is just like the, the modern uh, uh, schools version to, uh, way to shove their politics. So, so this is almost like um, DEI or CRT uh, in, in play form. It is. Yeah. Oh, gross. You know, so what are some other changes that they have the kids do to the, to the play? Well, um, you know, the, the, the general gist is that Christmas stinks. <laughs> that, that's the take of the new takeaway from a Christmas Carol. I mean, the focus of the, the new adapted Christmas Carol is more about a redistribution of wealth <laughs> um, and reparations and, um, uh, acceptance of your complicity uh, in uh, in the original sin of uh, colonialism. Oh my God! Yeah, and it's um, you know, so it's a little heavy. It hangs it a little sounds. heavy in the air. Yeah. Uh, they did a dry run, and the audience just sat there, like, "Why are we paying for this?" So, what happens when the the ghosts arrive? It's not. It's not. They're not ghosts. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the squad. <laughs> And so basically, and there's no past, present, future. It's just the, the first, uh, Ocasio-Cortez shows up uh-huh. and, and, and takes him and shows him uh, why money is bad. Okay. And, Smart. Um, yeah. And then uh, Rashida Tlaib takes him <laughs> and to Israel and, show, and just points out, she's like, look at all these horrible Israelis, what they're doing. Ooh. Yeah, and then um, Ilan Omar mm-hmm. takes uh, invites him to her and her brother's house, and they and then you know, I, I, and then I, I assume then they make love on the on the on the dining room table. They make love on the Constitution. 
So, I mean, it feels very political. I'll be honest. It, fe- it feels a little political. I'm a more of a traditionalist. I kind of liked the old Christmas Carol. Yeah. The, the story of like a, a mean, miserable little man being changed and turning into a, you know, just a happier, friendlier type. Right. That was appealing to me. I, this new one is a little different. Um, and then, you know, yeah. having to walk through the gauntlet of people at the end of the show uh, telling me I suck. I don't know. It <laughs> well, just that- didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't raise my spirits. Now, are, are they, are they doing that because they recognize you from the podcast or is it just because of your skin? Just because of my skin. Okay. And the, the new standard. <laughs> so now, now I'm, I'm sad because we have one squad member missing as always. So what, what is Presley doing? Oh yeah. Ayanna Presley. She's the thing. Yeah. She, yeah. She's the fourth member of the squad. So what, what, what does she do in the play? Uh, you know, you you vaguely hear about her. She's like, cause she's listed in the program, <laughs> but she doesn't make an appearance. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's accurate. It tracks. That was, that was me testing you to see if this is all one of your bits or if this is real, but this is clearly real. This is real. Whew. Well, gosh, Brian, that is uh, really interesting. So you go through the gauntlet to, to get out of the theater. Yep. And, uh, and then, then what happens? You keep going. I look back. I saw my, my son. He's struggling to keep up because, of course, he's, he's got the body of a seven-year-old. <laughs> uh, but I'm not, you know, I just wanted to get away from that theater as quickly as possible. <laughs> hey, Brian, while, you know, while we're talking about your family yeah. I, and, and, and Christmas, I, I know um, that you're the type of family that likes to go out and get your Christmas tree. I, it, in the wild. I know that yes. every year you, you, you take the whole family, you pack up the car and you really make it sort of this um, complex uh, adventure. And I, I would just sort of love to hear about, um, you know, about how you guys get your Christmas tree, uh, you know, and, and what an ordeal that it, it always becomes. Would you mind sort of sharing your, your Christmas tree choosing techniques with us? Yeah. Well, we call it tree day. Okay, cool. So it's a, it's a holiday that we invented. Um, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. Oh, okay, mo- cool. Most people call that Black Friday. We call it Tree Day. Okay, that's lovely. Lovely. Yeah. And Tree Day, every Tree Day, we get up at six o'clock in the morning. Okay. And we put on our warmest clothes. Mm-hmm. And then we grab an axe and a rope. Okay. And uh, some rags. Mm-hmm. And, and then we go on a hunt. Oh, for cool. the perfect Christmas tree. Oh, it's fun. And, you know, so we could be driving for a few hours before we spot something uh, that works for us. Okay. And so uh, this last Christmas, you know, we're driving around, driving around, driving around. We see a tree. Yeah. Gorgeous. Uh, it's a uh, balsam. Oh, lovely. Very pretty tree. Yep. And we decide that's the one for us. And so we pull into the driveway, we turn off the headlights mm-hmm. and we slowly make our way up. And then you know, we quietly get out of the car. We're good at this. And what we usually do, I mean, there are four of us in the family. So one will take each side of the house uh-huh. <laughs> and we'll look in. In this case, this Christmas, we were very lucky. It's an elderly couple. Oh, oh that's, that is a fortunate break. Old people forget to close sliding glass doors all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you go in there and you make your way into the house. Yep. And there's the tree in all its glory and it's fully decorated. 
and it's got all the heirloom ornaments on it. Yeah. The special family trinkets of that family. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the thing is, we, you know, we spent so much time driving around looking for a tree. We don't have time to decorate. That's the whole point of this holiday. Yeah. It makes sense. Tree day. And, and so we, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you threaten the family with an ax. Sure. Uh, oh, you so you, the, you bring an ax for threatening, not for chopping down trees. It's not for chopping the tree. The tree's already chopped. It's, it's in a stand and the stand is coming with us too. Okay. <laughs> I got it. And then, you know, we, we take it out there. There's four of us. You know, you load it, you put it on top of the car, you strap mm-hmm. it down with the rope. Yep. But you're still using that ax to kind of maintain control. <laughs> and then, you know, you very slowly back out of the house, wielding the ax, wishing them a Merry Christmas. Aww. And uh, and then uh, you hop back in your car and you head on home. So that's just, that's how you get your Christmas tree. We have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas tree. And and thank you to the Munez family. Uh, they're lovely. The ornaments are great. There's a lot of photographs, ornaments oh. and uh, mm-hmm. custom photo uh, photo balls, I guess you would call them. And yeah, uh, just some stuff. Apparently they travel. So there's a lot of cool little uh, ornaments from all over the world. It's really, it's spiced up Christmas. It sounds like it really does spice up Christmas. So you get it to your house and then is there any sort of ceremony to um, place it, place it upright in your home? Yeah. Well, we like to, we bring it in uh, very slowly and we, we hum the little drummer boy song. Yeah. bum bum. <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to march through the house uh, singing bum bum bum. And then uh, we place down the stand mm-hmm. and then uh, we, kind of angle it in and then lift it up. And then we spent a good deal of time getting it straight up. Yeah. That's always the tricky part. And, and then we, once it's ready, we all gather around and I get ready to plug it in and we do the countdown. Yep. Like a, you know, 10, 10 seconds until lighting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like eight, seven, six, five. Did anybody untie the Munez family? (laughs) No, four, three, two, one. And then you plug it in and it, it lights up and you're like, and then you turn oh. on the Christmas music. Well, uh, obviously I've got one question. Yeah. What Christmas music do you play? Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, that makes sense. Merry Christmas to us, Jack. <laughs> Jack. No. No, I need your help. No. There's a chance to make money for this podcast. No, because it always ends up with me looking like a jackass. You know what? It happens, but you know, you're going to break through. We all know this. All right. Uh, we have potential sponsors outside of Manscaped okay. who uh, are interested in giving us money in return for advertising professionally on this podcast. Well, I, I'll be honest. I enjoy the manscaped money and I would like more of it from other places. Okay. Well then you have a chance from Roberta's delight. I'm sending you the script right now. Roberta's delight. Roberta's delight. Just need you to read, read the script and, and, uh, and get this ad out there. And if they like it and they're happy with the read, we get paid. Roberta's. I see. I don't know them. It's going to be interesting. I like, I'd rather get like Procter and Gamble. Like I imagine they have money to burn. Yeah, no, Roberta's Delight's got money to burn too. I'm, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We need sponsors and uh, Roberta's Delight is a potential sponsor. Okay, I've just opened it. Then I read would love, it. I, nope. no, I would love a chance to read it ahead of time. No, no, you can't. It's advertising. 
I'm not sure that's an answer to what I just said, but fine. All right. I'm natural, ready. I was in advertising, Jack. Natural reads are the best reads. Take it away. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Roberta's Delight, the only organic soda infused with 12 important vitamins and minerals, plus the pure life essences of Vivo Bryson. <laughs> That's right. Every bottle of Roberta's Delight is personally and biologically blessed by Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Peebo Bryson. How do we do it? It's easy. Anytime we blow our whistle, Peebo Bryson exits his tent wearing only flip-flops and a trucker cap, and he shuffles to, to the Roberta's Delight bottling plant down the street. Once inside the vast building, he slowly climbs almost 50 ladder rungs, building up an intense sweat before reaching the, pla the plant's catwalk. There, he walks high, high up over all the open vats of Roberta's delight, sweating profusely and weeping tears of joy at his lifetime achievements. Then, before you can say, tonight I celebrate my love, you can rest assured that there's already a little Peebo in each and every bottle of Roberta's delight. With his work done, Peebo heads down the ladder and back to the tent, where he curls up in styrofoam peanuts until the next time someone blows the Peebo whistle. Look for Roberta's Delight in the pharmacy part of grocery stores or the grocery part of hardware stores. <laughs> Roberta's Delight has half the caffeine of Coca-Cola, but more body hairs than Pepsi. <laughs> Serve Roberta's Delight ice cold for a refreshing vitamin infused escape just brimming with pep and Peebo secretions. Ask your doctor or pharmacist if Roberta's Delight is okay. Peace out. <laughs> mm. Shame. <laughs> That's uh, no one's gonna get through that first sentence with the Peebo. That's a tricky one. It's a I tricky. Guess. And why? Why end it? Peace out. That's. That's not professional. They're they're giving me crap about not being professional. That's not professional. That they're seems to, very strange. They're, tr they're trying to be hip. They're trying to be hip with kids. kids That's all right. We don't need we don't need Roberta's delight. I've got you a new uh, a new potential client. If you might just read it uh, professionally and you know, got a chance is all I'm saying. Peebo Bryson is also a very difficult name to read cold. If you don't know. Peebo Bryson. Peebo Bryson. Tonight I celebrate my love. Oh, nope. And now we have to pay money to Peebo. Oh, that's right. Five dollars. <laughs> the sponsor actually cost us money. <laughs> yeah. Great job, dummy. You're Sorry. The worst. All right, Jack, <sighs> we've got another potential client. Have all you right, received just, the script? I have just received the script and it is open on my computer. I've not read it. Take it away. As a young boy, Evan Picardi dreamed of one day owning his own dandelion. But it wasn't long before Evan found not just one dandelion, but fields and fields of them. It turns out dandelions grow like weeds. With his dreams so easily achieved at such an early age, Evan's will and motivation were completely sabotaged. Having absolutely nothing to strive for in his life anymore left an empty hole in Evan's heart. He soon turned to liquor and drugs, bottoming out at just 27 years old. It was then that he literally fell into the arms of Linda Ferguson, an emergency medical technician who helped Evan turn his life around. With hard work and a lot of love from Linda, Evan celebrated his 30th birthday clean and sober with Linda and his estranged kids from a previous dalliance with a red-headed cashier at the Dollar Tree. Evan was finally back on, and, uh, on, and on old cloud nine. Why, he walked into a thunderstorm using a cast iron pan to shield himself from the rain, we will never know. 
But obviously, he was struck by lightning, which scrambled his brain something fearsome. After the bolt, he was quick to anger. <laughs> he was quick to anchor and hard to understand. When Lindsay finally left him, he cried and cried and cried so much that his estranged son, Timmy, was inspired to invent something with which to absorb his, absorb his father's tears. That's the origin story of Tim's tragedy rags. Tim's tragedy rags are made from discarded and shredded cotton t-shirts, so they're super absorbent and sometimes look like a yellowed armpit. Use them to absorb the sad juice anytime you have any. They can also be used for household chores like cleaning and painting. But Tim's tragedy rags are perfect for those times when your newly reconnected dad gets his brain fried by a bolt of lightning. Why, dad? Why? Visit timstragedyrags.com and use checkout code dad. <laughs> <laughs> and use checkout code dad why did you fry your brain at checkout to receive 20 percent off your order and free shipping to any state that starts with a d for dad ah <laughs> oh, you were close at points at points <clears throat> very weird weirdly rings. structured uh weird uh uncomfortable backstory yeah a lot of backstory in that spot I yeah, really that, wanted you to know the origin story of Tim's tragedy rags. Yeah. That's a, that's a mouthful to, you know, say or to type at checkout. Dad, why did you fry your brain? <laughs> I don't, you know what? That's it's I like QM when you use Manscaped. I'm I'm happy with QM. Yeah, it's better than the brain one. I just sent you another script. It's our, another potential sponsor. Okay. Just, well, I'm sorry. Know. Let me just apologize now that I'm sorry I blew those first two. I know Christmas time and we could use the money. It's okay. We've got a chance here. <clears throat> Third okay. time's the charm, as we say. Uh, I guess so. Um, all right. Uh, I've just opened it. I have not read it. All right. Take her away. Okay. So all I have to do is just do this professional, uh, professionally and we get the money. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Can, can, you, can you count me down again? Three, two, one, advertise. This episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Clonk, the hilarious new game from Parker Brothers. The rules to Clonk are simple. Pick any house on the block and ring the doorbell. When someone answers the door, clonk them on the head with the clonker. If you're lucky, you win, and the contents of their domicile are yours for the taking. <laughs> as long as the clonky remains clonked. But if you don't clonk them hard enough, or the clonky regains consciousness and mobility, then you'd better look out. They might just try and clonk you back. That's the magic of clonk. Clonk is taking the country by storm, particularly in cities with overly permissive district attorneys. Clonk was chosen best game for violent redistribution of property by Social Justice Magazine. Find clonk in any toy store or visit the lumberyard and ask for a six foot pressure treated two by four. Cut it in half and you and your friend have two clonkers. That's twice the clonking fun. And with Clonk, the rules are yours to interpret as you want. That's because rules and morality are Western constructs created by the colonialist patriarchy to reinforce and maintain their power structures. Clonk makes the perfect gift for that special someone who likes other people's property and the excitement of clonking. No game of Clonk is the same, so it never gets old. And neither do you if you don't clonk old man Jenkins before he reaches his gun drawer and peppers your torso with 38 caliber rounds. Clonk! <clears throat> well, damn, 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 damn. Uh, that's uh, 
That was the most fun I've had. I, I know I screwed up. I, that was the most fun I've had reading an advertisement in quite some Did time. a good job. It was very energetic. I mean, aside from the unprofessional laughing bits, uh, okay. the, the energy was there. The delivery was quite nice. If I were producing a radio commercial, I would say, yeah, you did a good, pretty good job. Okay. But uh, unfortunately, I think they're going to judge you based on the, the laughter parts. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, well, shoot. But there's always next week. Yeah, there's always next week. Great. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, review us and all that. Sure. Se- send us nice emails like that. These email we got. That was a very nice Ooh. email. That was a super nice email we received this week. Yeah. That, when yeah. This is actually real. Some uh, lovely person from France. France. Uh, France. France. And again, this is for France. France. Sent us a, a tremendous email and we, uh, it was very touching. It made me kind of made my day, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I know you like those things. I do like those things. That's why I forward them to you. Like, huh. I mean, it literally is why I got into this, like in ninth grade, it's why I chose to get into it. It's because you have the ability to make people happy. I'm not trying to push my politics. I'm not trying to push anything. I just want to make people laugh and, uh, and to know that it, it works in some way where, where someone takes the time to reach out kind of just means everything. So I'm glad you and liked a corny it. Corny note. Yeah, it was wonderful. Wait a minute. Did you write it? Nope. I believe you because yeah, you know, I could tell what it was sincere. Goodbye, Brian. Smash that like button. that was questionable material with jack and brian subscribe on any podcast platform watch our clips on youtube visit us at qmpodcast.com 